Uh, Andrew, could we put those verses up, please? I want you all to read. Okay, I want you all to read the bold part. In this case, that verse will be, the whole verse will be a bold part. The rest, the whole thing is in bold. And I'll read the rest, and we're just, we're going to go through these before I really start. Uh, so you can get started, my little igniters. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. First John 5.19. Next. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable, the perfect will of God. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Romans twelve two nine. Don't worry about that. Uh, let's read the read the bold part again, please. Do go back. I want to I want it the bold part to stick. Read it again, please. Not be conformed to this world. Next verse. Okay, maybe Andrew could have made him a little bolder. Um, he went to sack, so there was him. Or the, or the things that are, or the things that are in the world. Uh, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Don't worry about that. Uh, it's not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. First John two fifteen seventeen. Jesus answered. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. John 18.36. Say it again. My kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. Okay. The world would love its own, yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. John 3.19-20. Read it again. Men love darkness rather than light. Next verse. The whole thing. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. John 1 5. Next verse. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. By the way, that's when you do something uh, that's wrong and you know it's wrong, and you justify it by saying, oh, it's not, it's not that bad, or whatever, like a white lie sort of thing. Um, Oh, who put darkness for light and light for darkness? Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Isaiah 5, 20, 21. Next verse. He, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for... You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Matthew 6, 23. 16, <laughs> 16, 23. By the way, um, a good example of that, if I could just throw this in quick, is... When you take something in this world, I can't make it to youth group tonight because I got to make basketball team and I got to practice for that because tryouts are tomorrow. And that sounds stupid, but that's what you do. Really, think about that. I did it, so you must do it too. Okay, <laughs> next question. And does not respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lie. Psalm 44. Not be Evil company corrupts good habits, awake to righteousness, and do not sin. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 to 34. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Proverbs 110. Do not enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. Proverbs 4, 14. All seek their own. Not the things which are Christ Jesus. Philippians 2.21 So, can anyone guess what we're talking about tonight? 
Okay, don't answer me, but I just want you to, okay? As Craig kind of spoiled it for me with that off the chains video, by the way. Um, did you like tell him what to make a video on after I told you? Okay, me and Craig just happened to prepare the exact same message on the exact same night without knowing anything. All right, so I think God definitely has a message for you tonight. So uh, bow in prayer with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for this night. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, I am unworthy to speak about a lot of these things, but I pray that you would give me clarity of thought and courage and uh, wisdom to, to speak on these things. Um, in your name I pray. Amen. Does anybody even know that you're a Christian? <laughs> Does anybody even know that you're a Christian? When you go to your school and your job, can anybody tell by your actions that you believe in God? Or can they not tell the difference between what you believe and how you act? Because you're always at the club with a drinker, talking about somebody else behind their back, and then when they finally figure out you're a Christian, they start talking behind drawers, and you wonder why when people look at you, they can't even respect the fact that you're a Christian anymore.
he's our part-time jobless. Anybody know that you're a Christian? Um, before I start, I'm going to establish my credentials, and then maybe you could establish your own. Uh, I'm going to speak about hypocrisy tonight, and it's okay. I still will. All right. Um, and people might say, "Oh, Christopher, you know, you've done, you know, uh, hippo Hippocratic things." Uh, before, and what I say to that is, shut up, I know. But that is what qualifies me to talk to you about it. Um, I am very familiar with hypocrisy. I was a hypocrite for most of my Christian life. Um, if you think you're good at it, you're not. Someone is always better than you, and one of them are most likely me. All right, uh, so before we go there, I just want you guys to know that, that I do know what I'm talking about. I have not, I mean, most of you know this, I've not been. Um, St. Paul, my entire life. Uh, before, before I go anywhere, um, Facebook, because Craig brought it up. I had intended to say something about it anyway, but let me just say, it is terrifying, absolutely terrifying to see how many people in this room uh, and in this youth group uh, are fans of Nicki Minaj, Drake, uh, Lil Wayne, uh, you name it. You guys got it on your Facebook pages. And I just wonder if you know how hypocritical that is. That's like saying, okay, I'm a sports guy. That's like saying, I'm a Celtics fan, but I love Kobe. And you say, that's ridiculous, but that's, that's I could think of a better example than that, but just off the top of my head, you have no idea how ridiculous that is and how, how hypocritic, hypocritic, right? Hypocritical, hypocritical that is. Anyway, um, we are, pathetic people. I'm not saying, oh, you know, you're stupid, you live hypocrit hip hypocritical lives. Um, I know there's a reason why. It's because we all want to be accepted. We all want to be liked. Um, and that's why I said we're, we're pathetic. Um, but what you need to realize is nobody is going to respect you if you're, all you're trying to do is get their attention. Why do girls play hard to get? And some guys too, sadly. Why do people... Why do people want, you know, people who want attention, sort of thing. Why, why do we all do it? And everybody does it because we all want to be accepted. And it's no different for Christians. But I find we're worse than other people. But anyway, I won't go there. Um, nobody's going to take you seriously. The people who don't check for you are the people who you're always going to be trying to get their attention. And I'm not saying as Christians we don't need to, we don't check for people, but we need to stop sucking up and thinking that what we got isn't the best. 
and we need to go after things in this world. Um, what we have is better than anything that the world could have. And they need to be, we need to be living out our faith so strongly that they respect us and they will come to us once we do that. But anyway, I'll, I'll touch on that later. Um, I want to read you something I wrote down some time back. Christianity is the most disrespected worldview you will ever find because you and I are pathetic. You look like you don't know what you're doing. You say you're a Christian, but you do the same thing everyone else does. Excuse me. You listen to the same music, and you display the same levels of insecurity. You, your life is circled around what happens in this world, and never do you seem to have a plan outside of this world. The Christian ought to be the dude in the group who is respected, not liked, respected the most. The one they come to when everything else isn't making sense. The Christian ought to be the one that is respected because they are dependable and they will get the job done. Why? They have convictions. They, they don't work for money. Whatever, I didn't write that down. I'm just clarifying it. They don't work for money and because they answer to a higher power with whom they have a loving relationship and that's not something you can beat with anything. Um, Christianity is the most disrespected worldview. You will ever find because you and I are pathetic. Um, okay, perfect example. Uh, while I was writing this down, I was thinking, in no way am I endorsing terrorism. Okay, terrorists are not people we like. But you and I both know that you respect them. Not You don't look up to them type respect, but you respect them. You have no doubt that they're serious. I mean, a guy who's willing to strap a bomb himself and go run in a building, you know he's serious. You don't have any doubts about him, his, his commitment, or whatever. And, in, and I'm not saying we need to go strap bombs to ourselves and go running in buildings, but people should not have a single doubt about us. We shouldn't say, yeah, you know, I believe in this, this, and this. And then when they see you, you're doing this, this, and this. They should know. If, I, if Ethan said he believes this, I know Ethan didn't do that, what you're accusing Ethan of doing. Because, I mean, there's no way. Because that man lives out of faith. He's serious. Um, people should have that same sort of respect for us. Um, like, like if a terrorist was around here, you would all be on your P's and Q's. You would be quiet. You know, you would be watching him. He would have the attention, not just because he has a turban on his head, but because you know he's a serious dude. Um, and I hope I made that clear enough. I'm not saying we need to be like terrorists or anything. It's just, it's just an example. Sometimes I choose very poor examples. Um, forgive me for that, but I hope you understand the point. Um, if you're not living out your faith, if you are living a hypocritical life, I got it, finally. If you're living a hypocritical life, you need to ask yourself this question. Um, and I'm not trying to scare you. Maybe I am. Just kidding. Maybe. Are, are you sure you're saved? Okay? Are you sure you're saved? Um, the Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, Andrew, could you put those two verses up? So also faith, if it does not have works, is dead being by itself. Let me be quick to say, this verse does not mean that you get saved um, by doing works. All it's saying is that if you are saved, your works will show that. What you do, what you say, what you, you know, and it's not going to be instant the day after you get saved, it's, you know, but your lifestyle should reflect some sort of change. After, if, you're, if you're living the exact same life you're living from the day you got saved, then you need to, you need to get a checkup. You need, to, you need to talk to somebody, you need to get in the Word, you need to ask yourself uh, this question. 
Uh, it's also a scary question, if you're serious. Uh, next verse, Andrew. Whoever has the means of life of the world and sees his brother having need and shuts up his heart of compassion from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Same sort of thing as the last verse. If you have this in you, the life, it has to manifest itself. It has to. You can't just be same old uh, Evan, you know, walking around. You know, if you got this new life, it has to manifest itself in some way. And like I say, if you see your boy dying, you're going to help him. And it's the same sort of thing. If you have this life in you, you're going to live it out. And that's why I asked that question. Um, and you can't. You can't live, you can't have this life and not show it. Um, it's more likely that you don't have it in the first place. Um, what I also want to say is do not let anything on this puny little earth seem bigger to you than God. Okay, a lot of times, well, not all, just about all the time, before we catch ourselves, we think, um, for example, things, things in life that scare us, um, you, we automatically put it before God. The peer pressure, the fitting in with our friends, we put it before, but none of these things are bigger uh, than God. I should have grabbed the scripture. I, I know it's not easy. I know it isn't. Um, so I put some verses here for encouragement. Um, so I want you to read the bold again, if you would be so kind. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the world that I said. Remember the word that I said to you: A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. John 15, 18, 21. Hold it right down, Andrew. You are a, a guilt trip, sort of, to the unbelievers around you. If you live out your faith, if you do what's right, because they know what's right, and you automatically make them feel guilty by doing what's right. And they will hate you for it. Um, quick story. Uh, back in the day, I used to work uh, with Egan um, at, his, at his warehouse. Myself and Kyle, we had a little part-time job there. And me and Kyle had the insane idea to one day let the guys know that we were virgins and we planned on remaining virgins. We were ridiculed for the rest of the work year. I mean, every day, we never heard the end of it. You really think you could do that? You certainly could do that, but you can't do that. But you, you are retarded, but... You're gonna die. I mean, every day. And, I, and we would go home and we would wonder, why won't they just leave it alone? It's because, and, and you've heard it before, it's because when you, when you give up something like that, you can never get it back. And that is what kills them. All right, it's kind of a strong word, but it's a, it's a guilty feeling that you give the world by living out your faith because they know, and they're going to hate you for it. All right, um... The main thing here is if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. All right? It kind of puts you for a second up there with God where if, if they hated God and Jesus, they killed Jesus. Um, it's being said before, they killed Jesus, the most perfect man to ever live. Why on earth do you think they'll ever like you if they kill Jesus? Okay. Uh, next verse, Andrew. Now, 
and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are saved and among those who Thanks be to God, who always leads the giant in Christ. It's not impossible. Don't give up. You can live out your faith effectively in this world. Um, it's going to take you to stop being a punk. Sorry to say that, okay? You need to be a little braver. You can't say, oh, but you know, there's nobody else around me, no friends. Uh, my friends in your school, they don't go to my school, that sort of thing. You need to take a second and look at your life on the whole and realize that the people around you now are not always going to be around you and they do not matter. And the only thing that matters to man is God. And he has promised to lead you in triumph. Because you are not alone. You can live out your faith. You can take the persecution. You can take the ridiculing. You can do it all with God's help. Not on your own. Um, Andrew? Therefore we, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being removed day by day for a light affliction, which is but for a moment, as seen from God's eternity, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, 15. If you could just grasp that. Because we're, we're, we're in this world. Everything around us, we've been seeing it since we're born. Um, we haven't seen God, but we see everything else. But if you could just close your eyes and forget all of that and realize that the things that are seen do not matter. And that you, I know, I know it's not, not easy, but you got to see the big picture. All right, and do not, do not lose heart, um, is what the verse saying. And probably the best of all of these is, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our holy body that it may be conformed to this glorious body. Philippians um, 3.20. So be encouraged by that. Your citizenship is in heaven, not here. If I could just reiterate that. Say, like, get it in your head. You do not belong here. You're here for a little bit. It's like, it's like when you go by your relative's house with your parents and all your aunts and uncles are talking and you can't wait to get out. Joy, you know what I'm saying? You can't wait to get out, and it's, you're, you're, just, you're just here for a while. It feels like a long time, but you're just here for a while. Your citizenship is in heaven, okay? So if that encourages you at all, um, um, if that encourages you at all, then good. If it didn't, um, then I want you to listen to this. Um, it's a sermon jam. Let me just explain. If anybody here doesn't know what a sermon jam is, a sermon jam is something that you need to get. Um, sermon jams are made for people like me and most likely you who have an attention problem and can't listen to a pastor speak because we get bored uh, because we're dumb basically right so what sermon jams do is they take a sermon right a good a good section of a sermon and it puts a nice beat behind it a nice beat flow and it makes it so much easier to listen to 
and I feel so dumb in my car because I'm like, Maro, I, I need music to listen to what this process is. This is such a solid message. Why couldn't I just listen to this? Whatever. But anyway, uh, they were nice enough to make sermon jams for us. Um, sermon jams can be found on three websites, which I should have gave Andrew the slides or whatever, but um, Craig and Thaddeus know where they are. Bombard them and get them from them. Um, hopefully this one uh, you like. Um, actually, I don't want you to like it. I want you to listen to it. Um, there were more uh, funner ones I could have picked, but this one really helps uh, drive home this message. Um, so if you have any questions about these, uh, they're really helpful, they're really good. Listen to them in your car, listen, listen to them at home, share them with your friends. Uh, try to get your fellow dumb friends to listen in on what um, pastors have to say. Don't look at the screen, it's not a video, sorry. that creates the reality of the kingdom inside of me and inside of you. The primary attachment is your connectedness with the Father through the person of Jesus Christ. Are you following me? But we have these attachments, every single one of us, and they are things that we are connected to other than the Father where we think that something or someone is the key to our happiness and our peace and our power. You know a good way to identify what your attachment is? Just think a minute of the prospect of not having it. And when you think of the prospect of it not being in your life, and you go, oh my goodness. Now let me help you for just a second. Most of our vices are not our attachments. They're because our attachments are making us so freaking miserable that we got to have something to distract ourselves. Nobody amen in that one. What's your attachment? What are you so attached to that you're convinced that if it's not like you think it needs to be or not like you want it to be, then you cannot be happy? Listen, it is a lie and a wet blanket from the enemy and the pit of hell to keep the reality of the kingdom of God that's inside of you from bursting forth in manifestation. And it's happening in every one of our lives right now. And it's these wet blanket attachments. Listen, you've got to believe that your essential core essence of your born-again person is the kingdom of God exuding righteousness, peace, joy, and power. But we've laid all these other things and you've been put on top of there. This consumeristic culture that we live in lays it all on there. Unless you look a certain way or act a certain way or have certain things or people think a certain way about you, then you can't be happy and you can't experience peace and joy. And that is straight from hell and it smells like smoke. And it's why the kingdom of God is not powerfully manifested in your life and my life. 
We are kingdom children, born again into another dimension. The reality of who you are is not this reality. So why in the world do we buy the false belief and lay on top all of these things? Think about the last time you were just torqued out of your frame, stressed beyond. How do you know when it's attachment? When you expend all of your time, energy, effort, and attention trying to control it and make it the way you think it ought to be. Ooh, now he's meddling. What it teaches us. Um, thank you for helping us, for being there for us, so we could live out our faith on this earth. And you promised that you would help us through it and lead us to triumph. Pray that we would have the courage to do it. Uh, in your name I pray. Amen.